This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, bringing to you the Short Talk Bulletin, published by the Masonic Service Association of North America every month since 1923. This, the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, is produced in cooperation with the MSA and is made possible with the generous support of a grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota. Volume 94, Number 2, from February of 2016. The Hunt for Masonry Outside the Lodge Room. Written by Brother Vern S. Wirtz. Editor's Note. The author is a past Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Oregon, having served in that position in 1996 and 97. I have been a Freemason for almost 60 years. During all that time, I've searched for the root meaning, the hidden beauties of our gentle craft, and much of that quest was in places that appear to have little or nothing to do with Freemasonry. I think it all started when I was a lad helping my dad build chicken houses on our little farm. When we took a break, dad would sometimes talk about his tools. It didn't make a lot of sense to me until I joined Freemasonry. All of a sudden, his chats about the plum, square, and level took on a most rational and beautiful meaning. It was different than what I had heard in Lodge. It was his understanding, his interpretation. And the same was true about his discussions about the chisel, brace and bit, and other tools. Since we believe that a man is first made a mason in his heart, there must be a lot of masonry to be found out there. To aid my search, I joined several other organizations, but I dropped out of all of them except for one. Like Freemasonry, its members had no interest in who you were, what titles you possessed, what exalted position you held, or what amount of wealth you had amassed. This one was scouting. As I became involved in scouting, I discovered many of its founders were Freemasons. I also learned that a lot of the very best scouters wore the square and compasses with the same joy and pride as they wore the fleur-de-lis. These men brought something especially profound and joyful into the lives of the young men they served. My experience was slightly different. It was my great and good fortune to have young men bring into my life experiences that were filled with amazing beauty an absolutely exquisite meaning. Let me cite two examples. I was scoutmaster of a small troop, and we were at summer camp, deep into Oregon's Cascade Mountains. We were leaving camp on what is universally known as an overnighter. We were heading for a nearby lake where we could fish and swim. On arrival, we set up camp, and then set out to fish because most of our supper would be what we could catch. Supper was great. While we were doing this, another troop arrived and set up camp. They proved to be of great interest, for most of the boys and one of the leaders were blind. That night, we held a joint campfire. We shared in songs, skits, stories, and more fun than is usually allowed. The closing Scoutmaster's Minute was given by their blind Scoutmaster. After that, 
almost everyone went to bed. I lingered, along with four scouts, to watch the campfire die. It was a beautiful night. A quarter moon had risen, and the stars, because of the clarity of the air and the fact of no background lighting, possessed a seldom-seen brilliance. Out on the lake, you could hear the slurping sounds of big night-feeding trout. Off in the distance, some coyotes were serenading the moon, or maybe each other. Best of all, from across the lake came the liquid, mournful cry of a loon. No one had spoken for some time. Then, one of my boys, in a hushed, odd voice, said, You know, I can almost see God. Silence returned, and then a blind scout in an equally reverent voice said, I don't know about that, but I have been listening to him for quite some time. If I were allowed to live another eighty years, I doubt I could experience a more rational, a more beautiful, or a happier homage to deity than that night so long ago when five brother scouts joined in a silent contemplation of the glorious works of creation. It was a moment to illuminate a life, and a perfect example of masonry being out there. In the other example, I was on a fifty-mile hike with a dozen explorer scouts. We were camped on the slopes of the middle of the Cascade's Three Sisters. They were going up the rest of the way the next morning. They left early, and I stayed in camp drinking coffee and wondering how I could let a bunch of teens wander off into the wilderness. Actually, they were well prepared, knew exactly what they were doing, and among them were some of the coolest heads for fifty miles in any direction. I was not surprised when, some three hours later, Kenny walked into camp. He had been crippled as a child, and walking was difficult for him. After he got some coffee, I asked him if he had gotten tired. He replied, No, but Ned had, and asked me to come back with him. Ned wandered into camp a bit later with both his and Kenny's packs. After he got a cup of coffee, I inquired if he was tired. He slapped his knees, winced, and said, No, it's my knees. Hurt them in football. Let me tell you a bit about Ned. He stood six foot three and weighed 240 pounds. That fall, he would be an all-state tackle on a team that finished second in the state. That winter, he won the heavyweight wrestling championship for the state of Oregon. The truth is, Ned could have carried one of Hannibal's elephants across the Alps and never felt a twinge in either knee. What he had done was to deliberately choose to fail so that another boy would not have to fail. No one asked him to do it, and there would be no reward or recognition. He did it for the simplest of reasons. A brother scout needed help, and he could give it. It was just the right thing to do. When I'm giving a candidate our obligation, and we come to the part about helping a worthy brother who is in distress, I want to stop and tell him about Ned. Of course, I don't. It's much better for him to find his own shining example of selfless service. Over the years, in all aspects of my life, 
I have experienced many moments similar to the two I have shared. I'm still on the hunt because they really do happen. I have, however, reached the point where I would rather help others, particularly those young in masonry, begin their search for Freemasonry in places other than a lodge room or a book of ritual. I assure you that this quest, this journey, will be filled with joy, amaze you with the variety of Masonic scenes which will be unveiled before you, and the value of what will be yours by discovery will be beyond description. May I suggest you start scouting around for Masonry. This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry. And this has been the Short Talk Bulletin Podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America for the purpose of providing a common stock of vetted Masonic information to all of the constituent lodges of all of the member jurisdictions, and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota, who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a supreme being to live according to the Masonic tenets of brotherly love, relief, and truth since 1853.